Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to another episode of What Why? But this is something a bit different. It's a condensed version. It's our favorite conversations about tricky subjects, revisited and reduced into bite-sized chunks. another episode of But Why? And today I am joined by the wonderful Anna Martha. Anna is a psychotherapist, a two times best-selling author, or Sunday Times best-selling author, a mum of three, and she's also a friend of mine. And Anna has got many wonderful skills, but the thing I most admire about her is her ability to take professional Um, knowledge and understanding about subjects and apply it through the lens of her own personal experience and today Anna and I are talking about rage and specifically paternal or uh, really because we're both mums maternal rage and when I think of maternal rage I think of that moment of can everybody please just put their shoes on we've all been there We've all been there. You put your shoes on the kids once and then someone takes them off and then by the time you put those on, someone else has taken theirs off and you try and ice them nicely, you try and negotiate and nobody is listening and eventually it boils over. And not only does it boil over, in my case, immediately after that, I end up having this huge rush of guilt, of shame for having got to that point where I've lost control. And Anna and I dive into why that happens, why we get to that loss of control moment, the pressures that might lead to it, including, you know, archetypal perfect mother roles, and also what to do about it. Nobody wants to get to that point where you've lost it. It's not a nice feeling. And Anna, yeah, fundamentally believes that there are very small actions that we can do to help stop us getting to that point. But also if we do get to that point, how to talk ourselves around afterwards so that we don't add a layer of guilt and shame onto what has already been quite an emotionally draining moment. One thing to flag is there was brilliantly some kind of confusion whereby Anna thought that the the conversation we we were having, I'm laughing, but in a kind way, she thought the conversation we were having was the prep call, that we were prepping for the interview. And as you'll see, we get a significant way into it when she asked me when we're actually going to start the real interview. Um, of course, I'd actually press record as soon as we got going. Has the last year been a year of overwhelm? Yes, but in a different kind of guise, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I mean, with the rage, there's so much overlap. Yes, so that's what we're talking about today is rage. Um, yeah. And I very clearly had a rage with in technology just now and threw my well, laptop you, across. You suppressed it very well. We, we didn't see that bit. Actually, so we, that was going to... Go on. Sorry. No, I was going to say, are we talking about it from a maternal perspective? Are we talking about it from a general perspective? I mean, 
do you think there is well you tell me you I tell think because I, I don't know about your whether you're wanting to speak to a specific audience or whether it's all right just to, to speak about the maternal wage but I feel like that's the most controversial kind of wage to speak about mm-hmm. because of the archetype of the mother being like the compassionate kind caring and that's where the most shame comes with the yeah the contradiction in how we feel we should be in well this is um this is what this is like the crux of it isn't it because i i asked because this is one of those classic topics actually where i was like oh yeah i'm interested in rage but unlike overwhelm i guess i don't i don't think it's something i suffer with all the time and then actually, when you start like being aware of it, and it's interesting that you say you suppressed, I, I suppressed it. Do you think that the, when we're talking about rage, the definition of it is that very big outburst and, and something that is seen on the outside? Or do you think rage is how, how it shows up on the inside? Yeah, both. Definitely, we can unpick that with the both. Because, yeah, there's a, I think for many of us in this last year, we've recognised this kind of like this bubbling up and it starts, it's like irritation to the max. It's like we've lost our buffer to the world. And it's a very physical, physical feeling. Because anger is anger. Anger is, is, yeah, anger is probably a more day-to-day sense. I'm trying to like sort these emotions out in my head, which I know they don't all sit in separate camps. No, I know, they, no. but you know what I mean. And they look different. They do, they look different for different people. But I think it's just this recognition of how we get to this place of rage, like this. It's kind of like this internal like feeling, this bubbling up of like irritation that we can it's it's in the visualizations that we have again about throwing a bowl of pasta against the wall and just smashing it mm. you know we might we probably never will do it but it's that fantasy of like there's something in me that that is a physic that is prompting these kind of physical desires yeah. to just run away and it's in the moments of being like I just want to run I want to slam open the front door and flip and get out run down that road it's that same that fight or flight that same feeling it's all intertwined so people will it will resonate with people for different reasons because it yeah, yeah it will manifest in different ways but so when i say rage to you the moments that you think about are that i mean we literally can think of them probably all of us yeah exactly those the the dinner time when everyone is whining and nobody will eat and it's that uh, for me it's like that death by a thousand paper cups it's like the the 20th time I've asked you to put your shoes on and there's a ticking time of for example having to get to school that that's that for me it's those combinations that actually when we talk about rage I think kind of of animals it's those moments when you're like backed up against a wall I think is when I'm most likely to go yeah Ah! and it's the shouting you know it's the rage that comes out and the shouting at the kids and then the guilt that follows so how can we find ways to a lessen that feeling of what is actually depletion is we haven't got a buffer and and how do we also respect those feelings in us and i know my next big question this is a more just me using you as my therapist 
So I think quite often I'm very good at swallowing what is close to rage, like just having absolute seething thoughts running through my body. And I then I wonder whether I should be a bit better at not doing that. I can't. I I don't know which is a healthier thing: the external versus internal. I think it's acknowledging it and and asking if you're going to see that rage. So when you feel like a little fireball in your throat and you're like, nope, I'm just going to swallow that down, calm blue oceans. You know, just even if it's not in that moment, just ask yourself, what what was that about? What kind of rage was that? What was motivating it? Was it a need that hasn't been met? Is it a feeling that I haven't validated? So that you're kind of doing a little a little emotional debrief. And would you go like, would you talk, so you're having that conversation with yourself and it's probably worth talking it out. Is like, I think I, with my kids, do some to, sometimes say to them, I'm beginning to feel angry. Yeah, I do. I try and give yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. And I say, you know, I often say like, I might even give them a warning. Like, I, mum is really tired. I'm really, I don't always talk about myself in the third person, by the way. I'm really tired. I didn't sleep very well last night. Mm. I feel, I feel quite grumpy. I'm going to try really hard. You know, I want to try really hard not to be calm. And if they're really, mm. you know, if they're kind of being a bit off the wall, I might say, oh, I'm finding it really, I'm really trying hard to, to be calm. I want to be calm. I don't want to do shouting. So it's almost like, I'm not loading that responsibility on them, but but I think it's also really helpful for them just to hear that I'm a you know I have these emotions too, and we all impact each other. And I also want to talk to the kids when I can see they're feeling angry. You know, it's like it's okay for them to feel angry, and just to talk about what that might be about and what we might be able to do to kind of help or meet that need that's underneath that frustration for them because it might just feel they feel like it they're in there's an injustice because often I find with my kids it's an injustice of but you said you were going to do this and now we're not and I'm like yeah but but time if that's taken so long to do that we don't have any time for that anymore I understand I you know and I feel really cross sometimes when I get excited about something and I can't do it Mm. you know it's not even about fixing it for them it's just it's validating Mm. it having low self-esteem imposter syndrome people pleasing anxiety all of these things we they're common right so we just mm. think, oh well, it's just it's just my thing to carry. I've just I'm a people pleaser, or I've got imposter syndrome, or I've got low self esteem or low confidence, and we just kind of we let that just be, and we kind of talk about it, and we okay it in each other because we're all feeling similar. And I think what I want to say to people as a therapist, and also as someone whose life has been utterly, utterly, utterly transformed by these things, is that. Just because it's common, please, please, please try and find it in yourself to want more for yourself than for this to be your normal. It doesn't need to be your normal. You don't need to go through life kind of feeling like you don't deserve the love that comes away and the support and the rest and the, you know, the the wonderful things that are in your life there because you deserve them. And and yeah, and, and I dedicated actually Know Your Worth to my kids and I'm trying to remember what I wrote, but I think it was, you know, to Oscar, Charlie and Florence, I will forever work on this, on my worth, because I, I want to believe that I am worthy of you and being loved by you and loving you. So, you know, what a motivation to do these things, to be able mm. to enjoy the love. Because mm. I think for me, that was the hardest thing in my life was to, to, to receive love which is very sad 
Well, I am now going to wind this up. Thank you, Anna. Sorry about the confusion. It, it, it was absolutely brilliant, even if I got you slightly on your, on your back foot. I hope oh, yeah, you're feel it's, okay it's about great. that. Absolutely. I know, and, you know, these conversations are all about being honest. And what's more honest than, than, than me talking not to you, not realising that people are going to be listening. So yeah. there we go. Yeah.